This is Power Players with Dan Clark. That's Dan Clark, Power Players with Dan Clark. Another episode with the special student-athletes from the University of Utah. And as you've tuned in last year and this year, you know that we are giving an opportunity for you, the fans, and you, the business community, who need to step up with your checkbook on the NIL experience, an opportunity to get the inside scoop, the the behind-the-scenes, the real-life stories of these superstars that we see on the field. And it's my pleasure to interview Nate Johnson today because in my experience, uh, you don't judge a man when he's up, you judge a man when he's down. And you judge a teammate not by how much time he or she gets on the field in playing time, which is the whole reason why we practice so hard, but you judge a man and a woman by their ability to always be ready when they're called on because you never know when that happens. And there's too many times in our world where we have a superstar team and we've assembled this amazing starting squad in football 11 guys, in basketball those five starters, And for some reason, when someone goes down on the starting lineup, the team falls apart because they don't have anyone who's in a second or third string position who has dedicated him or herself to practicing and practicing and working harder than they've ever worked before so that when their opportunity does come, whenever that might be, they can step up and play an A game and make the same difference that the starter has been making. I played football for 13 years, and uh, it's sad to see so many players who, for some unknown reason, don't work as hard as they know they should, as they know they could, because they're not labeled the starter at that specific time in their career. And I say this so that we can all learn from each podcast episode. But today's, today's podcast interview is with one of the finest young men who, have ever, who has ever decided to come and play football at the University of Utah. His name's Nate Johnson. We know him by number 13. We know him as, you know, if there was a seven-star recruit, he would be one. He epitomizes the perfect prototype of a champion athlete strength, speed, intelligence, passion, desire, and he brings that to the field. But what we need to know is what makes Nate fire up. How can he, as such a young man, step up when Cam Rising goes down? And as we've been watching him for the last few weeks, we notice, with all due respect to Mr. Rising, We haven't lost a whole lot on offense because Nate Johnson has been preparing himself for the moment. So, ladies and gentlemen, what's up, baby? What's up? Glad to uh, (laughs) be on here with you guys. No, it's such an honor to have you here. And let's just take the fans all the way back. Where did you grow up? And tell us about your family. Uh, I'm originally from uh, Los Angeles, California, but, um, you know, as you growing up, I moved to uh, Central California, a city called Fresno. I know, you know it well. Real dry, yeah. real dry, you know, it gets hot. 
So I've been lived there pretty much my whole life. Um, right in right, right in, right in Fresno, Fresno, not, yeah, like not Clovis, Visalia, no Clovis, oh, no, no, Clovis, like Clovis School District. So, yeah, Clovis School District area. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, really pretty much just from when I was first, second, third grade and all the way to now. I mean, graduated from high school from uh, Clovis uh, High School as well. So just really growing up there and having my parents by my side, I'm, you know, uh, with the whole fine, fine young man, you know, got the speed from my mom. And I uh, got the, you know, size from my dad. Cause my dad's tall. He's 6'8". eight. played oh, wow. basketball. Wow. Uh, he played basketball at Oklahoma and played basketball wow. at Utah State as well. So he actually, cool. he actually has been up here in Utah as well. You know, it's interesting. When I played here up at the University of Utah, I played for Coach Wayne Howard. And <clears throat> Coach McBride was the offensive coordinator then and then mm, left and okay. came back as the head coach. And our offensive line coach was Pat Hill, who became the head football coach at Fresno State. So wow. we, I've paid a lot of attention to Fresno State football over the years, and Pat Hill is the one that kind of put him on the map as a championship program. And that's interesting that I've spent so much time in Fresno in that whole central yeah. California area, so that's good. And for the record, Clovis School District, they, they, they kind of treat the educational experience as a football team. They kind of treat the educational experience there in a competitive way Oh, yeah. That I, I think would bring out the best in you. Teach just a little teeny bit about about your high school experience. Did you play more than one sport? What did you do? Uh, yeah, I mean, I played. I was, I was I pretty much played everything: football, basketball, track. I even played baseball, but I stopped playing baseball once I hit middle school. So then it was football, basketball, and track. But then when I got to high school, stopped playing basketball and then focused on football and track. So from my freshman year to senior year, it was just football and track. And I mean, I encourage all the high school is out there too as well I mean you should be you should run track I mean it, it builds your speed it builds your endurance you know it keeps you in shape especially for f like long plays in football I mean you got that gear on so you know you can get tired pretty easy so I do encourage all high school athletes that are going to watch this uh, I suggest you run track I mean if you want to be you know keep your speed up you want to be endurance you want to be fast you want to be you know don't want to get tired as easy I suggest you run track I mean you know just kind of just like uh, Deion Sanders said as well just you know running track in high school I mean, sadly, we don't have a track team here in Utah. I mean, I would yeah. be running track here. Utah had a track team for men. But, um, yeah, just really just encourage those high school athletes to run track. But, um, yeah, from freshman year to uh, senior year, it was all basically football and track. And, um, you know, I did go through a good amount of adversity at my high school. I mean, I was, it's one of those times where, you know, you're the only African-American uh, uh, quarterback at your school. And, um, you know, like you're one of the top players in your area. Um, I had a really good running back, and I also had a really good receiver as well. So our our team had some Division One players as well. But just being uh, an African American quarterback at that high school, I mean, it was it was difficult. But you know, just God God guided me through those all four years of high school, and um, you know, He blessed me to be able to get um, a significant amount of offers. And um, I'm very happy with my decision to commit here to Utah. I mean, this past two years have been amazing. It's been amazing lifestyle. It's been amazing around the fans. It's been really just. Sure. I mean, Still haven't gotten used to the weather yet. I mean, <laughs> the snow is unbelievable, especially last year. I mean, oh especially uh, during spring ball. And I thought it was going to stop snowing in March, but it just kept going all the way to April. And I'm like, what is going on? And I'm like, <laughs> I think it's going to start warming up. It's still 20 degrees. I mean, you know, still yeah. trying to adjust to the weather. But from but from high school to, like, now, I mean, it's just the growing up lifestyle, you know, not being at home, being away from your parents, just you doing everything on your own now. And, you know, you don't have, you really don't have your parents in your ear telling you what to do. I mean, yep. especially after you graduate. So, um, you know, but in high school, uh, you know, I did go through a lot of adversity and, let, you know, let just, me ask you back. Let me, let mm -hmm. me take you back. What you just said was 
without your parents around to tell you what to do, what you know as an elite athlete is that once the game starts, the coach is stuck on the sideline, so somebody on the field has to make a play. Yeah, and that's what that that was the first thing that I think every freshman leaving home needs to remember is that you know you don't have to wait for somebody to tell you what to do anymore. You've got enough experience if you just trust your gut and just do the right thing simply because it's the right thing to do. It's amazing what can happen. Do you agree? Oh, I agree. I agree so much. I mean, you know, just you know, getting the start last week and this week. You know, they tell me all the time you're not a freshman no more. I mean, you, you you're. You're, you're great as a freshman, but when you're on the field, you're not a freshman no more. So you just got to go out there and just do your thing, you know, lead the guys, lead the team. You got it. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 crazy. I mean, you know, you st- again, I'm still a young player. But, like, you got to, like, especially, again, with Spencer Fano as a true freshman as well, he's not a freshman no more. You know, there's <laughs> it's that time of the, it's that time of year where, you know, true freshmen are starting to get that playing time. And, you know, just you can't act like a freshman. You got to act like you're a veteran exactly. on the team. Okay, so how old are you? I'm 19. So are you a redshirt freshman or you're just redshirt freshman? Yes. Redshirt freshman. So you had one year to figure out how to make a play on the field. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> really, I mean, really, yeah. I mean, it it, it didn't really start until we we played the U of A uh, Arizona oh, yeah. Wildcats when that week um, my OC told me he's hey I'm getting in the game this week and I was like oh, oh yeah. okay so you know just that the, the the whole game changed and um, you know just the. You know, the preparation of my first college snap, you know, they put me in a, the best position possible to score a touchdown. And, you know, know. first carry, first snap of college, <laughs> uh, first career carry, you know, it was a touchdown. Really both of them as well. The first two carries were t- two touchdowns, you know, just being in that, just being in the spotlight with the team and the guys and the fans as well. Is, I mean, it was unbelievable. So really but, having that year under my belt. But as a fan, as a fan <clears throat> and a former athlete, it's fun to watch – you step up in those situations. You know, I've um, baseball was my best sport. I also played baseball at the University of Utah. And when I talked to a lot of the superstar MLB Major League Baseball players who are in the big show, they say there are more great players in AAA baseball than there are in the big leagues. And I say, really? What's the difference? The, the superstars in AAA, they can't handle the pressure once they get in front of 60,000 fans and a couple of million on TV. And they've got that, wait a minute, I'm just a freshman mindset that you just kicked right out, out the door and said you can no longer do that. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about talk to me about your adversity. I, I want to know a little bit more about the struggle. You know, as I said before, and I, I hadn't talked to you before, that's just something I believe in. You don't judge a man when he's up. You judge a man when he's down. And you had some adversity there in uh, in Central California. Talk to us. Uh, you know, just, just <laughs> again, being an African-American quarterback, you know, being a leader, I mean, it was hard. I mean, there's, like, being be one of those top athletes, you got to watch, like, every move you do because you never know who may be jealous of what you have or what, like, what, again, like, I was – it's God gifted talent. Like you never know what you may have, and you never know who may be trying to like bring you down just to see you go down because they don't have what you have. So you know, dealing with that adversity in high school, I mean, dealt with it, got through it. I mean, you know, now onto the next level. But another adversity too was you know just being a quarterback. Main thing I was struggling with was accuracy, and you know people question like, can he really throw a football? Like, is he really accurate? I mean, we know he can run, but can he throw a football? So you really just going through those tough times, and you know just trying to prove those people wrong that I could really throw a football and be accurate. Um, 
have on time, make right decisions, and just execute plays. And uh, really just that adversity has really made me stronger and stronger. This podcast episode is brought to you by Hale Home Services. Thank you so much for always being there for our University of Utah student-athletes. Yeah. And, yeah, for the record, yeah, you've had some awesome passes, bro. Really good passes. Timely, important passes. Reps. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, reps, reps, <laughs> reps, 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 reps. So when you started chemistry. encouraging everybody to uh, to be a two-sport guy, I've said this on a couple of the other interviews, but when I, uh, I got a lot of scholarship offers and kind of touted as a junior in high school, and then I got hurt my third game of my senior year, and I thought for sure I was going to lose all my football scholarship mm-hmm. opportunities and baseball. But I played basketball my senior year, and it turned out that that is why I still got my football scholarship offers because the, the coaches, the recruiters in the stands could see that I had agility and I could move more, not just north and south but east and west, and I had some hustle and I had some yeah. drive and competitiveness. So, again, in our day and age, it's just so sad. As a parent, I played football, basketball, baseball, and ran track, and – I just know that it made me a much better athlete. I remember finishing football season and going right into basketball, and I was out of shape. And I'm like, I was in such good shape for football. Mm -hmm. But because you're using different muscles in basketball, I had to get in a different kind of shape. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like cross-training that we talk about these days. So what's the advantage of, of playing multiple sports from a character building perspective? Uh, you know, character uh, from a character perspective, I mean, it's again leadership. You know, being being fast or you know being one of the top players, and you know, just leading the guys, just leading the guys, really, just having that two sport athlete in you. I mean, most there are most people out there that are kind of stuck with one sport, whether it's baseball, softball, track. But you know, having multiple sports and having the ability to play multiple sports and being the ability to be good at both sports too, as well. I mean, it's really an advantage for you as well. I mean, it can also benefit other people as well because, you know, building, getting off their leadership off of you. But really just having that two-sport um, advantage over people as well, whether it's football and basketball or football and track or baseball and track or really any two sports you play. I mean, you know, you just build – you're building character and you're building leadership at two different sports. So yeah. having that – Having that two sport, I mean, it's a blessing as well. You know, just being good at being able to be good at multiple sports. I mean, again, most people aren't really good at multiple sports, so really just having that two to three sport athlete mentality. You know, if they're high school, and it's it's unbelievable what you what you yeah. can uh, build up. And it's the best after school program to keep us out of trouble. Really, <laughs> yeah, I, really I know. Is. Yeah. You know, you and I have a little bit different backgrounds, but we had the same. We had to face the same challenges and. I would have gotten in so much trouble if I wasn't an athlete. I'm here to tell you. I'm not here to oh, confess yeah. my sins, but maybe. <laughs> oh man, that's that's the thing too. Is you got to watch every move because you never know who's watching. Who's you got to watch what you say. You got to watch what you post, especially especially on the internet. You got to watch what you post because oh, people yeah. can use that to your advantage. I mean, you could you could have posted something from years, years, years ago, and then you get to the draft. Somebody somebody will pull that tweet you made nine ten years ago about something trying to just you just made the account just to be funny and yeah. then now you know it's been building up and building up and then somebody can find that tweet from 10 years ago and trying to use that against you so you really are so mature yeah. nate you are so mature <laughs> oh yeah man. you just gotta you just really just 
you got to watch what you say, watch yeah. what you do, just be cautious of your surroundings as well. I and mean, you never know who's watching you. Like you may do something and someone may be recording you and um, they what? may try to use that to try and get you like set you up and get you in trouble. So really, really just as an athlete, all the athletes out there, I mean, if you're especially if you're a popular athlete, just be cautious of what you do. Um, we'll watch your every move. Just post smartly, not not dumbly. Really, <laughs> just post with, like be smart on what you do because you never know who's watching. You never know what coaches are watching. You never know who's, who's who, who may be looking at every single move you do, just waiting for you to mess up. So really, all the athletes out there, just be smart on what you do. Yeah, great advice, Nate. Great advice. Okay, let's put it into perspective. I want to talk to you about the influences in your life, but let me let me uh, preface that by saying. I can't remember what the exact numbers are, but let's just throw out some that used to be correct a few years ago, that there are about 20,000 high school basketball players and some tiny, tiny, small percent get a chance to go to college on a scholarship. And then from that tiny, small percentage of basketball players, only one out of 20,000 gets a chance to play in the NBA. And yet, there are playgrounds across America, Utah, Central Central California, every state in the Union, who have athletes who possess enough talent and an ability to be playing in the NFL, to be playing in the NBA, but because they bad made bad choices like you just brought up where they hung around with the wrong guys who were dragging them down or getting them to do things that we know we shouldn't be doing. They never got that opportunity. We've never seen the greatest football player who ever played, maybe never the best basketball player because somewhere in their youth, they made bad choices. So to see you, you know, sitting here as a 19 year old with that much maturity and wisdom is why we cheer you on. Because you know, Nate, you've already said it, we all know it. There are so many fast, strong athletes. But what I like to remind people about is when you see an elite athlete like you competing at the highest level, you see more than muscle and bone going through motion. You see heart, you see sacrifice, you see character. And we actually have to thank those who have influenced us to get us to where we are. So what, who, who were your biggest influences in your life? First family, you said you got your speed from your mom and your size from your dad, but were they were they tough nuts? Did they always come to your games if you oh, lost yeah. or threw an, a game-losing interception? <laughs> Did your dad rip your lips off? I mean, let's talk. Oh, man, I mean, I would say my biggest influence is my pops, man, my dad. I mean, I love he, it, he was there from when I was a little kid to I now. I love it. I mean, he would... I, I mean, again, I love him so much. Like, he would miss work days. I mean, he would, he would like, anytime, like, if, I, if it was, the game is important, he will miss work days. He will, whatever he was doing, he will take it off to be just pop up at my game because, you know, sometimes in that moment you need your father there. Oh, yeah. So, really, if th- especially if things are going bad, too, sometimes maybe you just need your father there to just talk you through it. So, I mean, my biggest influencer, I want to say, is my pops. I mean, he's been there, again, when I was little to now. I mean, he, he's, he hasn't missed a game. I mean, sometimes if he missed the games, it might be something very, very important that he needed to take care of, which, again, I understand. But, you know, he would do anything to be coming at my games, you know, especially since now as too as well. I mean, now that I'm in college, and especially in high school as well, like he was – I think he he pretty went, pretty much went to every game, even when so I set out the game because um, one year – one game I had uh, set out because of, the, you know, the whole COVID thing. And I got um, – 
I want to say it's, I don't remember what it was. I think it was contact trace. There you go. Yeah, I got contact trace because somebody in my group had tested positive. So they sat me out of game, and he still took me to our game. And, then, you know, we watched our team. Obviously, they won that game because it was a pretty easy game. But really just my dad has been there through, like, everything, my bad times, my good times, me being recruited, you know, to right here, right now, just, you know, getting my first start. I mean, he's been through it all. And, you know, just everything. Like, I, I can't really explain how like how much I love him. I mean, it's just – the, much, the amount of love I have for my dad, I mean, if he wasn't here, like, you know, getting on me every day about getting up early, going to workouts, you know, I mean, sometimes there are, I was lazy, but he would force me to, hey, you need to go do this because if you want to be great, you got to put in that extra time. Like, he would preach to me about how Kobe was great, you know, Michael Jordan was great, LeBron James was great, how much extra time they put in, extra reps, first one to show up, last one to leave, you know, him just being in my ear all the time. And, you know, it was, it was annoying, but, you know, it's paid off because, you know, I'm in – um, I'm in a, a good stage now where I'm at now. I mean, you know, without my pops in my ear, I mean, I don't know, I don't know I where it. I would be today. I love it, Nate. You know, um, I'm a songwriter. One of the best songs I ever wrote used to get a lot of radio play. It was called Special Man, Lyrical Hook. Any male can be a father. Mm. It takes a special man to be a dad. Oh, yeah. I want to meet him. You know, you're bringing tears to my eyes. What a stud your dad is. Oh, yeah, you'll, you'll meet him soon. You'll that meet him soon. You'll so meet him cool. Soon. This podcast episode is sponsored by Hale Home Services. Thank you so much for allowing our student-athletes to become the very best version of themselves. Okay, so now let's talk about influence off the field from an athlete's perspective. Who did you idolize in high school, and who do you idolize now as a college superstar going into the NFL at some point? Uh, like off my game, kind of off my game. Yeah. I really just, okay, yeah. On my game, I mean... I kind of idolize it off of a couple quarterbacks, like Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, oh, yeah. those guys right there. You know, Lamar, his story is unbelievable. You know, he went to Louisville as a quarterback, true freshman, led them. Like, you know, he won a Heisman. You know, people were telling him, like, hey, like, we could, you could play receiver. Like, you could do this and that. But he would stay true to, no, I want to play quarterback. And, you know, that's what people tell me all the time. They'd be like, you're fast as heck, but, like, you know, why would you want to play quarterback? You know, I just told him I want to be a leader on the field. You know, I want to lead the guys home. And, you know, they have been told I'd make a great safety, great receiver, you know, great running back. But I, I'm like, nah, I just want to stick to my position. So really just looking at Lamar Jackson mainly as well, um, really just has been a really influence in my life, you know, watching watching him every day on the NFL field and even in the college field when I was younger as well, just seeing what he does and off the field as well too. You know, those guys, you know, they watch themselves. They're watching what they're doing. They're watching what they're posting, you know. They, they, they help the community as well, you know whether it's buying little kids ice cream or, you know, signing something, you know, just giving back to the community as well as, you know, it's been a real inspiration. Mahomes, the second he, uh, a friend of mine, Lee Steinberg, he uh, is the guy that they made the movie Jerry Maguire about. Mm-hmm. At one point he had s- about over 60% of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL that he represented as their agent. He's a guy that negotiated Mahomes' $475 million 10-year contract and then got the new bump in the last couple of weeks. And he, uh, I asked him about Patrick Mahomes, and he said the second he hit Kansas City, he started his Mahomes. He has 15 uh, charities, 15 wow. organizations that wow. he, he uses to give back to the under, underprivileged, underserved. And I'm glad your heart's in that right place, my friend. Oh, yeah, I mean, and for those of you who are watching and listening, let's just talk about Lamar Jackson for a second. On defense, when you have the double threat of a running quarterback and a throwing quarterback, 
it almost takes one of your 11 out of the mix. And as a linebacker, we call him the spy, which his responsibility is to just rover from left to right, sideline to sideline to make sure you don't run. And, uh, yeah, that's funny that you you really are Lamar Jackson. Good for you, man. That's That's a perfect visual right there because you never know. And uh, I wish you would throw it more, man. You got such a beautiful pass, a beautiful spiral. You should throw it more. But the cool thing is, when you first started back last year, when you came in at U of A, that was you know I'm in a good section. We kind of yeah. you know analyze the, the game. We're like, man, this cat's in a world class sprinter. And man, watch, yeah, oh my gosh, he scares, scores a touchdown. Next time you touch the ball, oh my gosh, he scores a touchdown. <laughs> And we were always wondering if you could throw it. You know, yeah. it's like, well, yeah. if I'm a defensive linebacker and you come in, I know it's I know it's a run, so I'm gonna just cinch it up and cover my cover my gap. And all of a sudden you come out throwing it at the elite level too. Good for you, man. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the bigger questions was can he throw the ball? Because they all know I could run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, that was the biggest question was can he throw a ball? And, you know, it's it's been a blessing that, you know, it's, it's been positive. It's been positive, you know, just putting, again, those reps in practice, building chemistry with the guys, you know, technique, you know. This is really just been with my QB coach as well for five years. So, you know, just learning everything yeah. from head to toe, just, you know, technique, accuracy, you know, just building that from when I was in eighth grade to now. I mean, it's been, it's been unbelievable and, you know, just kind of proving everybody wrong that I could really throw a football and not just be used to just running all the time. I don't know if – Proved us wrong. You just proved us right that you're all that in a bag of chips, man. You bring nah, you, nah, you bring man, the nah, whole nah, game, nah. baby. Nah, I'm, I'm still I'm still young, still trying to learn. You know, just you know what I'm waiting for <laughs> is the is the, the throwback to the to the quarterback pass. You know, oh, yeah, I mean, because you can catch it, man. Wouldn't that be a sweet play? You know, let's just let USC know that that's on the list. Okay, <laughs> Nate, let's talk about. Uh, do you have siblings? Do you have any brothers, sisters? Oh yeah, I have. Uh, I have, well, since my dad had, you know, my uh, my parents had separated back in 2017, and my dad had remarried, so I have uh, four, I have three biological brothers, but then I have a one stepbrother and two stepsisters, so. Are there any, any of them athletes? Oh, yeah, all of them. All of them were athletes when they were uh, my age. Um, one of them, my stepbrother is actually still an athlete. Now he actually plays basketball. So um, uh, one of my other older brothers, he um, he was an athlete in high school, but now he's more of like a tech guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, most of my all of my siblings were athletes back in their days. So, but uh, you know, I mean, sucks that, but I'm the I'm the youngest. You know, I always get bullied, and you know, but it's a good <laughs> thing I'm the youngest because you know the youngest always benefits from the parents. You, you know, they they treat you so differently funny. when you're the youngest. You're I mean, when so you're the funny. oldest, they they be they be treating you worse than they are. <laughs> so, uh, you know, just being the youngest, and, you know, seeing. Um, like the older siblings, you know, how they um, grew up as an athlete and, you know, kind of just learning from them, um, you know, it made me, you know, my dad has been on me the hardest now since, you know, I'm in college now and, and, you know, things have been getting bigger and bigger, especially with NIL. So my dad's been on me a lot more lately, even though I'm the youngest, but, you know, the older I get, you know, the harder he's going to be because, you know, if you want to get to where you want to go, you got to do it. So he's been on me every time, you know, you got to do this, you this, you know, got to take care of your body as well because, you know, some – like college football, you know, it's a tough game. It's a strong game. It's a physical game as well. And, you know, there's some hits you're going to take that, you know, you might wake yeah. up the next morning and you're sore. You so got to take you care of your body. A, you got to hit a couple of times really hard in the game against UCLA. So let's shift gears. How do you recover from that? Not just physically, but how do you recover emotionally and mentally? Because 
one thing I love to point out is that we've got a, a, a 30 second shot clock, you know, the mm-hmm. clock starts at 35 seconds and the average football play takes five seconds. And that means you've got anywhere from 25 to 30 seconds to regroup. And if you fumble, how do you get that out of your mind? If you throw an interception, how do you get that out of your mind? Uh, what do you do when you get laid out? You got cold cock, man. I almost jumped over the wall. I wanted to run out there and take one for the team and just light that guy up who hit you. But talk to us about the recovery. How, when you know that you've got to get it going again in 25 seconds, how do you let go of the negative and refocus so that the next play is the best it can possibly be? Uh, you know, it happens. This is the game of football. You're going to take hits here and there. I mean, you know, especially with yesterday's game, you know, I was getting hit a couple of times. You know, it's just play goes bad, next play mentality. You know, got to have that short memory. Um, that's what, again, I did fumble yesterday as well. So, you know, just letting that letting that fumble just short-term memory, that, that, that's behind us. You know, you got to move on. You know, just don't let one play define who you are. So, you know, whether it's a fumble, interception, you know, you get laid out as well. I mean, you know, it ha- it's a game of football. So really just, you know, when you get hit, it hurts. It does hurt, especially <laughs> if it's like a bigger D lineman, you know, it's going to hurt. But you just got to get up and just you just got to gut it out. You got to gut through it. You got to fight through it for the full 60 minutes. So, um, you know, really just learning from Cam and Bryson as well. You know, they tell me all the time, like, hey, if things go bad, you got to have short memory loss because, you know, if you, if, you, if you let that one play sit in your mind, it's going to mess with you the whole game. So really just learning from them and getting their advice as well, just having that short memory loss, even if you get laid out or if it's a fumble, it's a pick, or one of your teammates fumble. And, you know, even if your teammates fumble, you got you got to pick them up as well because they might have their head down like, hey, you got to tell them, hey, Short term, you gotta have that short term because you can't let that one play define you. You like you, you, you gotta you gotta be like you're the best player on this field. So don't let that one fumble or that one uh, interception just define who you are. You just gotta move it. on. So good. Okay, so you brought up your 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 mentorship from Cam. I mean, how perfect is that? So Zach Wilson, he's a local kid, and he gets you know picked in the second player in the NFL draft a couple years ago for the Jets, and he struggled when he came into the NFL, and then Aaron Rodgers comes over. And so I know Zach's parents and Zach has matured so much in the year that he was hanging out with Aaron Rodgers. I I only bring that up, Nate, because what have you learned from Cam watching him, talking to him that has prepared you to step up and again, with all due respect, not lose a whole lot, man. You are so good. and We're so, so excited that you stepped it up, man. So what did you learn from him that, has helped you prepare yourself for when you got the nod? Because I'm sure you had some butterflies, a little pregame meal, like, okay, <laughs> baby, I'm starting. Uh, not really have no pregame butterflies, you know, but, again, learning from him is just that leadership and, you know, it's next man up. I mean, he came in in 2021 um, versus San Diego State when the game wasn't going bad or wasn't going good for uh, the offense, and we was down, I think, like 14 or 21 points against San Diego State a couple of years ago. He came in and brought that game. He took that game to the second, third overtime. I mean, it was unfortunate that we lost, but, again, you know, Thanks. when you when you when when your number gets called, you know, I live by this quote, stay ready, you got to get ready. So, you know, Cam was prepared, you know, if, if and he was prepared for any moment that he, his number gets called. And if he has to bring the game back or, you know, has to keep running up the score, and you never you never know when your number is going to get called. So, you know, you got to stay ready, you know, that preparation, um, you know, in the film room, you know, the film, you know, visualize, you know, just really just having that preparation from him as well. And then 
once I got the non the non in the uh the fourth quarter against Baylor saying you got to finish out this fourth quarter you know I was like okay well this is this is what I've been you know I prayed about it as well too you know if, if any moment like this comes up just bless me to just go out there and just lead the guys and you know that moment came up in the fourth quarter against Baylor and you know just got to go out there stay calm stay poised you know just relax trust trust the receivers trust your old linemen just trust the coaches just trust everything that we've been you've been taught and that you've been working on for the past couple months and that's what I did I just trusted everything and you know God was able to bless me to be able to go out there and lead the guys back from being down seven and lead that game tying drive and the game winning drive as well you know if it was a it was a it was a relief you know because moments like this you never know again when you know you never know when your number's going to get called and you always got to be ready so really just learning that from him and just leadership and how he prepares um, it's, it's unbelievable, you know, especially his leadership, too. I mean, plays have gone terrible, I guess, especially like what happened with Oregon last, you know, the loss. Even when we lose, he's always juiced. He's, he's hey, that don't matter. I mean, we we still got this and that. We're, we're going to win this thing. You know, we're going to win this championship. Like, it's it's unbelievable how he recovers even from a loss. He's, he still, like, has that mentality of, oh, we're going to win this thing. And, you know, just seeing him do that on the field and, you know, just kind of, Taking, kind of stealing that from him and, you know, relating to him on the field as well. I mean, it's unbelievable watching him play as well. So really kind of just stealing his leadership and, you know, be him being my mentor. I mean, it's it's good when you have a veteran quarterback talking to you. That's good. Which means you'll just slide in and his, uh, when, he, when he departs, whenever that is, and you'll have the advantage over anybody else because you've had that mentorship off the field. You've had a chance to watch a champion and be a champion all at the same time. You know, in the military, we learned that you you lead and follow on the same day. That's what you just reminded us about, you know. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you to Hale Home Services for sponsoring our University of Utah student-athletes. Okay, let's get personal. So, how do you get ready for a game? Good question. Uh, let's, you know. let's, let's take... Two games. Okay, one that starts at noon uh-huh. and one that starts at seven o'clock at night. What's your what's your day like in those two different start times? Well, if it's a twelve o'clock kick, um, we usually get to the if it's a home home game or away game, doesn't matter. Uh really just, you know, go in, I look back at my plays or I look back at film or I look back at players, you know, you gotta study this play if this player is good, you know, you gotta study him a little bit more because you know you gotta study his weaknesses and what are his strengths. So really just kinda just going back, looking at film, looking at plays, you know, visualizing myself on the field, you know, calling out the play, making the play. Um and then kinda beforehand as well, the night before, I'll turn on this uh YouTube uh YouTube video called T D Jakes and kinda just listen to him a little bit, just close my eyes, just you know, visualize what I'm doing on the field and just listen to him talk beforehand. And then at the 7 o'clock game, um, I'll do the same thing, but I'll do it at 12 o'clock. You know, uh, I don't have to yeah. do it the night before because, you know, you got that extra, you got the extra like seven hours. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you don't really don't leave the hotel till 4, 35 o'clock because we like to get to the stadium two hours beforehand. So really you wake up, you know, do your, you do your team routine. And then when you get sent back to your room for a couple hours, you know, that's when I go back, watch film. But on the headphones, I either watch TD Jakes or turn on some music. Just kind of closing my close my eyes, block off the noise, and just just lock in because you know it's a game. It's important. It's a serious game. It could be a championship game. It could be game one. It could be game four. Um, you know, just kind of just putting those headphones on and either listening to TD Jakes or just listening to music and just closing your eyes and just blocking out all the noise and just locking in. And you know, that's 
That's one of the main things I do before a game. Okay, so what's what music do you listen to? You know, the Michael Phelps, you know, he was into <laughs> like heavy, heavy, heavy rap, man. What a dude it, before he jumped in the pool and, and broke a <laughs> world's record. So it, it depends. You know, <clears throat> sometimes I might choose some Christian music like some Kirk Franklin or some uh some really Kirk Franklin or I can choose some Michael Jackson as well. Or oh, yeah. it could be rap as well, you know, it depends on the day. Um it really yeah, just Really, just it could be any type of genre. It could be hip hop, R and B. You put your headphones on when you come out for the pregame. Oh yeah, you know, so got music. Is mm, like music's just going. You know, got. I don't. I don't like when it's game day. People like to talk a lot, and I don't know. No. I don't. I don't like listening to people talk. So <laughs> I just put my headphones on, turn the music full full blast oh, to make sure yeah. nobody's trying That's to talk funny. to me. You know, just because it's it's an important moment. It's time to lock in. You know, game's important. You when you want to win. You, know, you don't want to come out. Laughing and joking, you want to, you got to lock in. So all the fans want to know, how do you get the plays from the sideline? And what is your, we call it a wrist coach or the wristband. So teach us that process because everybody wants to know. So who calls the plays that come from Zabuth, the offensive coordinator? Mm -hmm. And so he sends it down to who, and then who sends it to you? And then you look at your wristband, your wrist coach. And then you go into the huddle, teach us that whole process, and give us an example. So that it can depend. So you know, there's there's control downs, like first and second down, and there's P ten. So that's like a sudden change, like or it could be a sudden change of it. Like defense gets a turnover and it's first and ten, or if you know, we get like if if we convert on like third and third and five or like second and five, and we get a first down. So really, just it could depend on the hash as well. You know, if it's on the left hash, coach has specific plays on the left hash that you want to call on first and ten. So. We, we have the headsets as well. So Luke, who's our primary signaler, so our coach would tell Luke the wristband number and pretty much he'll give me a tap on the wristband and, you know, he'll do his whole signal thing. So I kind of know the wristband signals as well. So there's 150 wristband signals. Um, well, there's 150 numbers on the wristband, but there's he pretty much just signals whatever wristband our coach, our OC, is telling him. And then pretty much I'll look at the sideline. He'll give and he'll signal. say, like, 11 yeah he'll, he'll signal and you, and you look at it yeah he'll give me he'll he'll signal the wristband number and then i'll pretty much be like okay and then i'll walk in the huddle and read off the plate to the guys and you know that's kind of how that goes and that's pretty much been but there's not room on the wrist coach for you to write out everything so you've had to memorize all 150 plays and it's basically by a number so it's play, well, no, numbers, it, it, play it, number seven and then blam pretty much there's not really 150 different plays it's really like 70 because you know there's different like on the left hash, you want to call this one, and on the right, there's like there's uh, left hash and right hash calls. So there's 73 um, left hash calls, and there's 73 right hash calls. Some of them might be left upright, and you know, some plays, yeah, we do memorize as well. I mean, you know, whether it's a like it be it could be a huddle call, but it may not be on be on the wristband. But we know from just getting those reps multiple times, you know, just seeing in practice, you know, different signals. I mean, you never know. It, like it may not be on the wristband, but he'll he'll pretty much signal to me like it'll be like. Like, it could be a purple, or it could be, like, a, like if we could go spread. And really, just, like, if they signal spread or, like, spread storm or something like that, or it could be, like, a like a four verts. Like, it would be four verts. Okay, so it's, it's interesting how, how often you're under center when 99% of the other teams always go from shotgun. So teach, a, teach the fans, okay, so you're under center, and all of a sudden you step up and you make some little hand motion, and you're like, speak some foreign language so that the defense doesn't understand. What are you doing there? Are you actually audibling? Yeah, so really just I'll break the huddle, whether I'm under center or in the gun, and sometimes we'll, we'll call two plays in one. So, you know, some plays are designed to beat man coverage, and some plays are designed to beat zone coverage. So, you know, 
I'm analyzing the defense. I'm looking like, okay, so I'm getting zone coverage, and I might have called the man beater first. So I'll walk up knowing it's zone. So I'll go through my cadence, you know, audible the play out and get us to the best play call. So that's so that's kind of what they see with the whole. Do you have a hot word so everybody pays attention that you're now changing the, the play? What would that be? Uh, we, we usually say it could be like black alert or black obviously. I mean, it could be really anything. It just depends on the wristband call. But um, sometimes it could be from pass to pass, run to pass, uh, run to run, play action pass to run. You know, it, it depends. It depends. So you don't get up there and call. yell, Omaha, Omaha. Oh, uh, yeah. No, no. You, we you don't. come up with the I mean, word sometimes, make yourself famous. Come so, on, man. Sometimes we Fresno. actually <laughs> – <laughs> we actually had that. Uh, we had that package uh, last year. It was a certain formation or a certain package that I'd run onto the field and say Fresno or Clovis because that's what, what yeah, they, they did that last year. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was that was a. Uh, Telling we got some smart coaches that be coming uh, up with all no. type of plays, but now there are there are some time there are some words that we do that we you know we might signal protections or we might signal like certain routes, but. Um, yeah, really, when I just walk up to the line, I'm analyzing the defense. Like, if we could, some plays, you know, it might be man coverage, so I don't really got to audible it out because this is the best play call. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so favorite food, man. Oh, oh man, <laughs> favorite food. Uh, my step, my stepmom always tells me I love French fries. She's not wrong. I mean, <laughs> like, all the time, if I'm hungry. And it'll be like eleven o'clock at night, and I'm hungry, and there's no food places open. But the one food place is always open is McDonald's. You, you can never yeah. go wrong with McDonald's fries <laughs> or McDonald's Sprite. So I would, I'm, a, I'm gonna stick to that. I'm gonna say my thing is my favorite food, probably some fries. Cause you know, anywhere I go, if there are some fries, I, I need me some fries. Okay, gotta give me some fries, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Nil McDonald's. Whoever owns McDonald's franchises in Utah, step it up. Nate Johnson <laughs> is your spokesperson. He can do the billboards. He can do the radio, TV commercials. You got it right here. Step it up. Open your checkbook, McDonald's. Come on, baby. There's not a better endorsement on the planet. <laughs> the fries be unbelievable. But so most of the time, though, if it's like this time of day, got to go get some Chick-fil-A. You can't go uh, wrong with Chick-fil-A at all. Okay, there's two NIL <laughs> contracts going right now. For any other student athlete who's going to be on my podcast, take note. <laughs> okay, so... So you come back to your house, your apartment, you're starving to death, and there's no fast food open. What are you going to do? What are you going to eat? Man. Probably What's what, your go-to, pop, man? Go-to? Well, it depends on what time of, what time of day <laughs> it is now. What is it, 7, 8 o'clock? Sure, man. 9 o'clock? <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> it, it, it could be Chick-fil-A. It could Chick-fil-A be open until 10 o'clock. So sometimes I do get lazy and I'll door dash it because oh, <laughs> I don't want to so drive. Funny, I'll, I'll I'll get lazy. I'm like, oh, that's, that's that's I'll look at my phone like, oh, that's 15 minutes away. I'm not driving 15 <laughs> minutes, so I'm gonna just DoorDash it. I mean, it's extra money, but I'd rather DoorDash it than have to get up in my car, drive 15 yeah, minutes, wait in the line for 45, yeah, to, like 30 to 45, because Chick Fil A lines are always long. So I'd rather just DoorDash it and just get it sent to me rather than get up and drive 15 minutes and sit there and come back home an hour later with food. <laughs> but uh, that'll probably be my go-to is either that. Or that, or McDonald's, or most of the time though I do eat at the facility. So sometimes yeah, I'll, I'll I'll stuff myself at the facility with food, whether it's like because I'll leave that facility at like seven o'clock and I'll just eat a lot and I'll yeah. probably be I'll be good for the night because I just, <laughs> I ate a bunch of food so I'll, I'll be good till the next morning. Okay, so uh, I'll ask you one favor at the end, but I want to set it up by saying you were highly recruited athlete. 
Were you a one-star, two-star, three-star, four-star, five-star? Come on, talk to us about that. And who else recruited you to come to college? Uh, I was a uh, four-star dual-threat quarterback coming out of high school. Um, Utah was actually my first offer. I love it. I love it, too. Yeah, I got that first offer when I was actually a junior going on to senior year. Um, I was recruited by like um, Michigan, like a significant Pac-12 schools, to, like the, uh, the uh, runner-up. Uh, National Champions TCU, they were oh, yeah. recruiting me as well. I'm um, really just, but Utah, Arizona State, UCLA, they recruited me as well. Um, Michigan, TCU, and kind of just naming off those schools is there's one I can't really think of at the top of my head, but there oh, was a significant amount. Oh, also Fresno State recruited me as yeah. well. But um, really, just what made me choose Utah that was, was my last question. Yeah, I was say, I what made me, really, what made me just choose Utah was. They put me in the best position to play my uh, play my real position, you know. Just when I stepped on foot on campus, greeted by so many people, they're like, "Oh my God, it's Nate!" Like, we're glad you're here. And it's just like, I was like, I just got off, I just got off the plane. Like, I just got just landed, you know. Just the fan base here, the coaches, the people, uh, you know. Then they just put me in the best position to just play my position, you know. Uh, other schools wanted me as an athlete because I did play receiver when I was a sophomore in high school. So um, just building that receiver film and having quarterback film, just being that dual threat athlete. Uh, most colleges wanted me as a receiver, but me, I, I said, no, I want to play my position, which is quarterback. And, you know, Utah was like, oh, yeah, we want you to come here and play quarterback. And so far it's been so good. You know, I think it's one of the best decisions I've made so far. And um, it's just got to keep it rolling. Absolutely, because Utah – our whole program, you know, the stability of the coaching staff, they've been around forever. I've interviewed some of the athletes, and they had three coaches in four years. I mean, and you know these guys have been around forever. Yeah. You know, Whittingham, I think he's he looks great for being 116 years old. You know, what a stud. But to have that stability of coaching staff, and it's a pro, it's, it, our program is set up so much like the NFL, and I think that's why we have the second most athletes drafted in the NFL only behind Alabama. That's, that's, this is an opportunity for you to show that you are the new Lamar Jackson. And when you get in the NFL and get to play against him, I can't wait for him to come up to you and know your name and go, you know, I hear you're, I hear you're me. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that'd be, that'd be an amazing time if I ever get a chance to meet you him. Will. I want to race him, though. You will. You know, yeah, I want to race you him. You got it. You will. Okay, so I've asked every athlete, you know, once you play at the U, it's just so amazing how – all these years later, I still bleed red. I mean, I'm so proud to be a Ute. And one of the things that I love to remind the fans about and remind every student athlete that I get a chance to interview is that, and I know you know this, Nate, is that you represent all of us. You represent every player who ever played. You represent guys like me who got hurt, ended my career, who would give anything to just play one more play. So I want you to look in the camera and just basically give us the sales pitch, the surf pitch to every kid in high school in America of why they should come to Utah? Uh, well, <laughs> well, if you, I think you should come to Utah because, you know, we have one of the better programs. Whether you play offense or defense, it doesn't matter what position you play. I mean, our defense has been rolling the last four weeks. I mean, we, I say we have one of the best defenses in the nation, you know, allowing less than 10 points a game on really, I mean, the past four games we've We've only averaged 10 points on defense. So if you're a defensive player, we got real great coaches, Coach Scally, Coach Shaw. Um, you know, we got a we got a good defensive coordinator and Coach Scally. I mean, he calls he calls crazy defenses, you know. And if you're an offensive player, uh, playing behind Coach Whitted, Coach Ludwig, 
um, you know, Coach Freddie Whittingham as well as if you're a tight end, and Coach Harding as our alignment coach, and Coach Q as well. Um, you really just if you if you if you really want to come here and be great, I think you should come to Utah because I feel like we have the best coaching staff here in the nation, and they're they're really smart guys. They teach you perfect technique. They teach you what to do, like specifically, and really, if you just want to be if you want to be great, if you want to get drafted, I mean, I feel if if you if you give Utah, it will be the best place for you. There you have it. One last plea, reverently begging the NIL folks out there with deep pockets, Nate Johnson is so extraordinary as a human being who happens to play football. Let's keep it in that perspective. What a fine young man you are. Thanks for coming on our show. Appreciate you uh, for having me on here. Nah, this is so good. And uh, the fans will now be even bigger fans of yours because they kind of get the inside scoop. What's what's under that number 13? Same. So this is Dan Clark, Power Players with Dan Clark with another extraordinary University of Utah student-athlete, Nate Johnson. Let's support him. How can we follow you on social media? What do we do? Ooh, yeah, get the shout-outs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at ShaboyNate3, S-H-A-B-O-I-N-A-T-E-3. That's the same thing as my Instagram and my Twitter. You know, those are the two. Those are the two ones I'd be on the most. So if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, it's at ShaboyNate3. There you got it. We win through association, and Nate Johnson is worth following. Thanks so much, my friend. Thank you. The views and opinions expressed on the Power Players podcast do not necessarily reflect those of KUTV or Sinclair Broadcast Group.